Grab your popcorn and snacks. Find a comfy spot, take a seat or lie down, and let me transport you to a place of fantasy, ghost stories, ancient legends, odd creatures, alien encounters, and other magical topics. You may even decide to join the conversation. From faraway lands to your own backyard, with a small dash of pixie dust, turn out the lights and open your minds. The journey is about to begin. Good evening, everybody. How's everybody doing? Well, I hope you're doing fine. I'm doing fine. The temperature finally cooled down, so it's a livable 80-something degrees here. Good Lord, it was bad. Anyway, welcome to California Haunts Radio. I'll be your host for the next hour. My name is Charlotte, and I'm also the owner of the California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team based out of Sacramento, California. We are 45 strong up and down the state, which means if you have a paranormal problem, paranormal, (laughs) it's that kind of day. If you have a paranormal problem, we can get to you because we're almost in every county, okay? So the best way to find us is CaliforniaHaunts.org, CaliforniaHauntsRadio.com, or check us out on our YouTube channel or Facebook. We're under California Haunts over on Facebook, and my name under on Facebook as well, okay? Anyhow, we have a great show lined up for you tonight. Karen Clark has come back. She's one of our lead field psychics. She Right now, she does a lot of remote reads for us when, uh, when we do investigations. But um, I'm, I've been teaching the psychic development class, and uh, I'm going on to the second level of classes. That's going to be this Saturday at, actually, I taught it this past weekend. Anyway, I'm trying to remember my days, right? Anyhow, um, what I wanted to talk about tonight, and that's what I'm going to try and talk with Karen about, is so, some psychics don't have the same abilities as other psychics. There's different types of psychic abilities. So we're going to talk about that a little bit. And then Karen and I always end up deviating anyway, so God knows where the conversation's going to go, but it's going to go somewhere. So it's always a fun night when Karen's on, so uh, that's what we're going to do. So anyway, if you're watching from Facebook and you're enjoying the show tonight, uh, share it with people that you know. And uh, please uh, hit that follow button. If you're watching from YouTube, uh, you're going to see a little ghost down in the bottom right-hand corner of the screen. And that is our mascot. Please uh, click on that, and that'll subscribe you to all of our videos. We've got almost 400 videos sitting over there, three seasons worth plus extras. And I think there's a little something for everybody because I don't always cover all paranormal topics. But, I mean, you know, there's a variation of topics. So you'll find something that you like sitting over there that you can check out. The other thing is we do have an Instagram. So I'm looking for followers on my Instagram. And my Instagram is ghostygal, G-H-O-S-T-Y-G-A-L, lowercase on Instagram. So check us out on Instagram and please follow me on Instagram. I'd really appreciate it. Okay. Also, if you're over on TikTok, follow me over there. I am under California Haunts on TikTok as well. So we're everywhere. I'm on Twitter. You know, check us out. Follow us, follow us, follow us. Okay. So I have no announcements right now. So without further ado, I'm going to bring Karen in and we're going to start having a conversation. Let me call her. It's a phone interview just to let you guys know. So you can either watch this or you can just Eat your dinner or whatever and, and listen in. So here we go. Hello. Hello. How are you? Oh, I'm doing better. Thanks. Welcome. I got my little doggy next to me, Jin Jin. Awesome. Welcome to the show. Thank you. So tell everybody about you because I know there's people that probably haven't seen our other shows. I told them you were one of our um, field psychics. So let's talk about what you know what you do and what you did. It's, it, my story begins sort of like a lot of people who um, are enthralled or get enticed by the paranormal. I had a lot of experiences happen to me as a kid. Couldn't figure out why. And um, my mom has it, too. So when I told her about it, she was pretty nonchalant about it. It's not like she's like, oh, okay, cool. Um But it started when I was about four years old. I remember swimming in the ocean. And there was this, like, lady, uh, like an apparition. Uh, It's so weird. I can't remember what I ate for dinner last night, but I can remember this. Mm -hmm. Like, I can still see it. She had long, um, brownish hair and blue and white. I remember she's... she just like was really super tall over me and then the next thing i know i'm on the beach and i woke up on the beach so i don't know if i drowned or what but ever but my whole life 
it's like I can't wear watches more than a couple of days or I blow them out. Mm-hmm. Um, I would take it back to Sears and they said, we can't find anything wrong with your watch. And yet, when I put it on, it didn't work. When I worked in um, UMR, that's uh, like a nursing administration job. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of different cubicles for the nurses and I would always sit at this one place but my computer was the same age as everybody else but I would blow out my computer repeatedly I think I see how to come out and replace my computer like four times in 10 years wow and I know and and then I told them that I have really um you know, high magnetic, and um, <laughs> they just kind of always made a joke about it when I worked there. They're like, don't blow us out when you walk by our department. <laughs> so just stuff like that. Um, and some of it was great, and a lot of it scared me, especially when I would get a thought or highly intuitive like something's not right with somebody and then i would find out days later that they're gone or something happened to them and then as i got older i kind of turned it off a little bit and then when i was in my late 20s early 30s it was i couldn't deny it anymore it just like would not leave me alone so then that's kind of like where I learned how to hone it in and, you know, very carefully practice it. But I was still kind of scared of it all. Um, it's not any great superpower, you know, like superwoman. Um, but it's, I would call like, I had really high, high intuition about things. And then, you know, eventually I could tune in better with people who've crossed to the other side, mm-hmm. especially people that I didn't know as well. I would really give my best readings for that. How did you, I mean, you talk about honing it in. Are, are you self-taught? Oh, definitely. Except for my my mom kind of shared with me that you know ran on her side of the family that they're really intuitive right and i think my dad was too i have a story when i was um like 10 years old i was making a chocolate cake mix remember the um what do you call them the electric feeders right 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 I think anybody under the age of 30 probably might not have ever seen them, but you would use that instead of blenders. And I was making a chocolate cake and my mom said, be careful. And I had long hair. My long hair got caught in the spokes of the spinners and chocolate went everywhere. And I, it looks horrible. Like a scene from a horror movie. (laughs) And then my dad came in and he said, I got the strangest feeling that something went wrong. Are you okay? And then he walked in the kitchen and he saw what happened and he freaked out. But he said when he was going to the store, he felt like something was really wrong and he had to go back home. Well, it turns out that when I was making the cake, the blender, the, um, they got caught in my hair. And it was my mom, you know, even though they were pulling the cord out, the blender still kept, uh, kept spinning. Mm-hmm. And it was tearing my hair out. It was so scary. I could laugh about it now, though. <laughs> that's that, that's something I've always wondered about. If, you know, if you lean to, <laughs> I'm not laughing at you. I'm just saying. If you lean too oh, far no, over you on, and, you know, if you lean too far over on something like that, what happens? Is it going to suck your hair? And that's crazy. 
Yeah, it's like simple physics, but a 10-year-old kid, you know, I think I got overexcited or something. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, what type of abilities do you have? Because this is what I wanted to talk about, different psychic abilities, because not every psychic has the same abilities. You know, some just come so naturally to me, like I've had my whole life, mm -hmm. and others I've had to work on. That's a good question. Um, I think mainly I was born with higher sensitivity. I don't know if it was from the uh, ocean experience I had mm -hmm. that probably kicked it up a few notches. Mm -hmm. I think I was born this way. And then, you know, your environment kind of brings it out. Or right. if your family accepts it. And my family always accepted it. So it wasn't like I had to hide it. But I didn't really make a big deal out of practicing it. But I would just sometimes freak out because I saw people around me. And I didn't mm -hmm. know, you know, when I was four or five, six years old. And I would fall into bed with my, my parents. Mm -hmm. And... um They, they were really good about it. I mean, of course, you know, not every night, but if they knew that I had a, a, an experience, I never got questioned on it. They just said, well, come here, lay down here. <laughs> so were you seeing people? or Because I know later on with the team, you were doing channeling work. But when you were younger, was it more of a, you, you, they were, yes. people were coming to you? Is that how that was working? Exactly. When I was younger, I could see more people. I could see more things. Mm -hmm. But as I've aged, that's kind of dwindled out. And now I I can kind of like see it in my mind's eye or hear it mm -hmm. in my mind. I don't hear voices outside of me, but I can tap into the energy from within myself. Mm -hmm. And sometimes like it's the way I compare it. It's like there's like a big, huge movie screen, a mm -hmm. white canvas, and I can see something playing on that canvas. Okay. The players, what's happening, the era, the feeling. It's, it's just, it's kind of hard to explain. And other times I get dreams. I have dreams mm -hmm. that are um, not quite dreams. It's like. I'm in and out of sleeping, mm -hmm. but I'm still asleep, but I'm awake. Sure. So I've had a couple of really um, harsh out-of-body experiences. I think you know about those. I told you a lot about those. Yeah. Those are kind of spooky. Sometimes they can, especially for a kid, you know? Well, okay. Well, let me ask you this. Um, as, like with experiences, because you know, not all psychics have the same ability. And, and you seem to have, you know, working with you all these years, you have real keen abilities and, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're pretty accurate with stuff. And like you say, I mean, even I went through that with seeing stuff here at my house, the older I got, the less I saw because, you know, we get busy doing other things and we refocus our lives. And then all of a yeah. sudden something way, you know, re reawakens it. And, you know, the next thing you know, you're, you're, you're talking to dead people <laughs> or you're seeing dead people. Yeah. yeah, yeah, In a way, I was kind of glad I didn't see as many mm -hmm. um, entities. Right. But um, it did freak me out when I was little. It really did. But I knew I was different. And I just kind of sort of accepted it. Um, it I didn't. It's weird because when I look back, I didn't put any emotion to it. I just knew I had some abilities, mm -hmm. higher intuition than or sixth sense more than other people might have had. And of course, my mom has a really strong, and my sister has it too, but not as much. Mm -hmm. um, and then when you get older, you're kind of glad that that part turns off because you might, I think the older we get, the more we question our 
validity. Like, are we crazy? Right. You question more about fitting in the norms of society. Mm-hmm. So you kind of, sometimes people shut it off because they don't want to be looked upon as crazy or weird. And let's be real. There's a lot of people that take advantage of other people from it. Right. Right, right, right. Well, you know, the other thing, too, is that when mine, I'm not going to say shut off because I always saw stuff in my house. My house has always been an active place growing up. And, you know, like my family always always wound it up to me having this, this huge imagination, you know, because I was seeing stuff. But Uh-huh, exactly. Yeah. And then as a kid, you start thinking that way. Well, it is my imagination. Then, then again, as you get older, you think, well, I'm not, well, not going to pay attention to it because it's just something I'm making up. Yeah, that is so true. You're right on about that. Um, let me ask you this: like, like when I reawakened my abilities, even though I had had them all this time, you know, you know, you know, it was because being a journalist, you're taught to think like a police officer almost and be real logical with stuff. So, uh-huh. in, in doing that, even though I was still experiencing stuff, I kind of put it off to okay, whatever. You know, there's logical explanations for all this stuff that's going on. But when it started to reawaken, I noticed that I was hearing voices in my head. And I, don't, don't, don't call the funny farm people. This is just the way it was for me. And I remember I would be having conversations at work with my bosses, and I knew what they were going to say before they said it. Uh-huh. Yeah. That stuff was happening to me. Did you just Oh, that doesn't surprise me about you. You're pretty, and you're pretty sensitive and um, very in tuned with the paranormal world, definitely you are. I've seen it, you in action for <laughs> almost 20 years now. Yeah, you know. And boy, did we do, we, we sure went to some doozies, huh? <laughs> oh, we did do some doozies. Now tell me, um, you know, when you talk about, Claire, you know, different styles, of different abilities of psychics, where would you classify classify yourself? Are, are you clairaudient? Are you clairvoyant? Where, where do you... Um, a medium, I guess, um, it kind of shifted and changed a little bit. Um, I don't, I had a dream before 9-11. Isn't that interesting? That was yesterday. I had a dream two days before 9-11, people falling out of an airplane. A, a big part, and I told Michael about my dream. Mm-hmm. So thank God I did because then he, he knew that I had it before 9-11 happened. But that doesn't happen very often with me. Mm-hmm. Once in a while, I get a message through a dream like that. But I think I'm really a medium, more like I can channel the other side right. or kind of tap into a soul or a spirit. Not always. Um, and I've learned I have to be really, uh, you know, careful about it because... You don't always know what's going to come through. And mm-hmm. I was, you remember, Charlotte, when I started with the team, I was really gregarious. I was just raring to go. Yeah. I never called anything out because I knew that was dangerous. But my guard was just way down. You were um, spooky. Just, you were spooky to go hard. around with because you would get so excited. And yeah. I would jump a foot. I mean, you, 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 you know, walking through a real dark, dark, area and you know in a building and stuff and then all of a sudden you'd go oh, did you see that real loud yeah I remember. Yeah. and I jump about a foot and it, it, it was crazy it was fun but it was crazy because you were like that but then as you started yeah. to simmer down you know you got really good in fact you know um i've had psychic work of mediums in the past with this team who channel and uh one, one in particular would just channel though the, there was no notice of her going into like you know another or, or, uh, or a uh, being coming into her or whatever, you know, to channel, she would just channel. So you had to be really be on your toes. But with you, you know, working with you in that, in that capacity that you were doing, at least you would let me know <laughs> ahead of oh, time. Okay. Good. When you were going to do it. Okay, I want to channel her. Let me do this. Let me, you know, let me get in the right mode here so I can do this. And it was fine because I had some warning of you doing it. Because That's an interesting point you brought up, Charlotte, because... I think part of the reason why I developed that style was it was my way of telling the spirit or the soul that I'm 
going to be calling you in. Is that okay? Right. Before I just dive right into it, like I did in the beginning. And, um, you know, and then I learned how to ground myself and protect myself more, especially, I think the last show, I went into pretty, um, great detail, uh, what happened to me and why it probably happened to me. I won't reiterate all that. But yeah, so that's, you're right about that. Well, you know, I I can say because, because, I'm sorry about that. Sorry to interrupt. Because I, I, I have stories about working with with the other medium who I love. She's like a sister to me, you know. But I remember the first time I met her and we were at the Woodland Opera House and she, when she would walk across the room, she would change personalities. Oh, you're talking about, yeah. um, yes. I know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Yes. And she had a great style too. Yeah. And I looked up and I looked at her and I said, oh my God, I'm here with Sybil. Because I wasn't accustomed to that stuff. It was the first time I'd gone out really with a, with a major paranormal group at that time. And so I had no clue that she was going to do, do this. You know what I mean? And so it shocks me. If you guys are ever out with somebody that channels and they don't tell you they're going to channel, it's a shock because not only do their voices change, sometimes their voices will get deeper, but their mannerisms change too. So it's a shock if you're not used to it. And this this this, this woman who I would work with afterwards joined my team would would walk across the room and she would change personalities. Yeah. It kind of makes for a fun investigation in a way though, doesn't it? It does. It but does. It, it can it can get it can burn me out too a little bit. But no, I remember hearing about her and she was really great. Yeah. You know, one thing like you have Nancy Nuts on on Fridays. Right. I love those shows. You guys are doing great. But like Nancy, she's really a full developed psychic. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't say I am that. I'm more just I have a like I just have one specialty more or less, and that's channeling. Right. And dealing with spirits who've crossed or who haven't tapping into them sometimes i can do residual readings like i can see what happened to that person before where as uh nancy she can really have she kind of um she has the whole gamut you know what i mean right right she can feel her she can sense what the future might bring for that person or what where they're going to be 10 years down the road where and she can also channel people my hats off to her she's incredible um so she, i would say she's fully fully developed and i'm i'm not that i'm mm-hmm. just more like a specialist in channeling spirits and i think a lot of it got stronger when i worked as a hospice nurse too oh i bet it did yeah i bet it did here's a question i have for you too do you think that there's psychics out there and i know we just talked about nancy that 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 are able to do everything um probably i think nancy's pretty darn close to that Mm -hmm. really i i'm not saying that because she's a part of the group right and I'm trying to build her up. I'm talking from my truth. I'm talking from what I really see and observe. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think she would be the closest person I know that has the full abilities of everything. I admire that a lot. What's a way, you know, since you're self-taught, I'm self-taught. What's a way that you were able to hone in on, on what your particular ability was? It just really got so strong um, with my out-of-body experiences and my life experiences. I did not have an um, easy life. Mm-hmm. I have not had an easy life, but a blessed life. And I think, um, I think a lot of souls, maybe relatives from the other side, have come down to nurture me and I I have felt that 
many times where um, family members or friends who have passed, because I've lost a lot of people in this mm-hmm. lifetime so far, but I really sense a lot of them look after me or if I'm having a hard day, I'll just call them in mm-hmm. and I feel, I'll feel their presence, you know? It's it's not like it's always gonna work abracadabra, right? But more times than not, um, I can call them in for comfort. Um, and then when you try to do energy work, and I try to do more healing work for mm-hmm. other people, mm-hmm. I'm just sort of a con- conduit, and I let spirit work through me, and what I've had to learn over the years is just really protect myself right? and just let only, uh, let, oh, and the other important thing I think is getting the person who is engaging in the reading, mm-hmm. getting their permission to call in their loved one. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's just respectful to do that. Mm-hmm. It's just a respectful thing to do is to ask, the person you're reading for, can I call in your mom? Are you ready to talk to your son? You know, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When you talk about out-of-body experiences, I mean, one of the things I teach initially with my psychic development uh, class level one is I teach people how to leave their body to go to the spirit library, you know, and meet their spirit guides and things like that. What kind of feeling is it? For you, when, when you do have out-of-body out experiences, what, what's that like? It's crazy. But uh, to get back, just to um, emphasize what you just said, right. I, totally, I totally agree with you that everybody has the ability somewhat, because we're all human. Mm-hmm. Um, and humans do all have the ability. It's whether they want to hold in on it, practice it. I think tragedies can bring it out too. Mm-hmm. Um, but to answer your question, I would say um, oh, you know what? Ask me again. <laughs> okay. I was asking you about uh, your out-of-body experiences in that. What's it like when you have an out-of-body experience? Okay. I think it was the last time I was on your show that um, I mentioned about when my best friend was shot in the back of the neck. It was a case of mistaken identity. She did not know the shooter. It's a long, it's a very sad story, but she was, became a quadriplegic. And um, I was with her a week before and we were, on the same highway where she was shot. And I just felt like myself puffing out of my body for some reason, like I shouldn't be here. Mm-hmm. And I think it was just, I tapped into it, but I didn't know what I tapped into because, uh, you know, two weeks later when I, my mom called me hysterically crying that my best friend was shot on highway four. And it was a case of mistaken identity and blah, blah, blah. It, I just like, I froze because I remember I had that weird, weird feeling where I popped out of my body on that same highway. She was a disc jockey and we were picking her up after her work. Mm-hmm. And so things like that, I've had a real big one where when you come out, sometimes it feels like a freight train. Okay. Like, I can't explain it. And then when you pop back in, it feels like like a freight train again. That's the best way I can explain it. Like like your whole body is just grinding and it's just getting back there, getting back there, and then bam, you wake up mm-hmm. or you you're inside. And I just sometimes I just shake for hours afterwards. Because it's so um, intense when it happens. But then other times when I was a teenager, I would have experiences where I'm, I'm flowing over 
the um my school. Oh, cool. And I don't know why, but I would always uh congregate to the gymnasium, mm-hmm. especially like seventh, eighth grade. Mm-hmm. And I think because um we were doing like this is back in the days where they made you really work in PT, where you had to climb ropes, swim across a pool, <laughs> do all these like things that kids can't even do nowadays. Right. And I was really nervous about, oh my gosh, you know, I was so sens- sensitive. There's that word again. I was so sensitive what people were going to think of me because I was kind of like a weakling back then. And so I think that's why my body went over the gymnasium at that time mm-hmm. and it just calmed me down for the next day because when I came in it's like oh yeah I remember I saw that and I saw that and I saw that <laughs> you know details that I don't remember from my um everyday life back w- when I was in junior high school but when I woke up from the experience I would look in the corner and I would say oh my gosh I remember seeing that last night mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. things like that Mm-hmm. It sounds crazy, but for me, it really happened, you know? Well, that's the thing, you know, for people that have never had, in, you know, any kind of, or, or haven't utilized their abilities, it does sound crazy. It's, you know, when yeah, we talk about it, we sound like we got, you know, they, they got to get the butterfly nets out. But I mean, it's it's interesting. I have had out-of-body experiences, but um, mine have been when I, at night when, when I'm sleeping, where I have gone. Because I think that's when I'm, I'm the most relaxed. The only one I really, really had was, I think, a car accident that I got into. And I remember leaving my body knowing that I was going to impact. I thought I was going over a cliff. And at that moment, wow. I remember leaving my body and looking down at my car. But then I can't. But then I was I snapped back in and I was on the side of the freeway. You know what I mean? But Were you okay? Oh, Were yeah. You like... I was okay. Wow. I was I ready. Know that. Well, it was a snowbank, and I, I thought that there was nothing. I, I thought there was nothing behind it when, when the car was going to impact. And so my oh, first thought my was, well, it's going to be a hell of a view. So I braced myself in the car. And then the next thing I remember is floating up above the car, and I'm looking down at the car, and there was a, um, a you know, a, a uh, what was that? The guard on the free, you know, on the, on the side of the freeway thing. There, wow. one of those guards that stopped the car, but I didn't know it was there. You know what I mean? So my first reaction was, oh. I'm going to go over the cliff. That's crazy. I didn't know that story about you, Charlotte. That's amazing. And then I'm back in maybe, my body. And then, you know, you know. Maybe you were just, like, so stressed out, you know? Like, I don't think people always have to have a near-death experience to pop out. Right. You might have been so stressed that you just, like, dissociate. Yeah. You know, came out for a little while. Yeah, and then back in. You know, and then you went back in. Yeah, yeah. But I've wow. also had them. Like I said, you know, when I have fallen asleep at night, I, I, I've had them. Because you, it's not even it's falling asleep at night. It's that state that you get to just before you fall asleep. Yes. Yeah, and a lot of times at that point, I'll. It doesn't happen as much as it used to, but mm-hmm. I'll feel like I'm falling off of a big cliff. Yes. Yes. But then I'll catch myself and I'm flying. Right. 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 Oh, yeah. And you know, it's funny because I remember um, in my 20s, I saw a therapist and I wanted, you know, I was questioning things like, why do I have this? What's, what's going on? Mm-hmm. And he was a great therapist and he said, you're fine. I took all those tests that people take you know? Right. And he said, you passed all your tests. You're fine. You're sane. You have some anxiety. You have some, um, you know, you, you're prone to some more depression, but he said a lot of people who have this, your type of gift that are really extra sensitive and highly intuitive, they are a lot of times more susceptible to becoming more depressed and having higher anxiety levels. Wow. So, once I learned how to, um, you know, keep that at, at the minimum, then right. it was easier to focus on the other part, the, the juicy parts of it. 
I was so happy to, you know, find out. I saw another lady too. Was that um, they both reassured me that you're fine. You're not schizophrenic. Mm-hmm. You're not bipolar. You know, you're just highly intuitive. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I remember them saying, "Now, if you hear a lot of voices outside talking." you know, you should come back. But I never heard that. Right. It was like, I heard people talking sometimes, but it was right next to me or inside of me. I could hear them inside of me. It wasn't like I could hear uh, non-entities speak outside. Right. And that might be normal too. I don't know, you know. But um, I think if anybody doubts anything, just go get checked out and make sure you're, you know, everything's fine. And then you know what you're dealing with. Yeah. You know what I'm finding, too, when I talk to people, is um, I'm finding that people are running into therapists now that are more open to this stuff. And so for people yeah. for people like you and I or, or, or somebody else that might have abilities... If they end up going to see the therapist and, and they happen to get out, get the right therapist, you're, you know, that's like what happened with you. They agree with you with what's going on because you're intuitive and they understand it. Because for years and years, I mean, all the therapist would do was it was, it was so clinical. That is so true. It's, I think they're a little bit more open. A lot of them, not all, right. are a little more open to um listen to the patient or their client before making rash decisions right and the other the other side of this is that um there's a lot of cultures every culture in different societies and civilizations they um it was part of their whole being their whole essence you know right a spirituality is encompassed every single um, part of the world, just in different ways. Right, right. The other thing too, I I, I've never had a. Um, as far as I know, I don't remember ever having a, a alien. You know, like when people, this goes, kind of goes back to your point, abduction. Right. When people claim they've been abducted. I personally still find it hard to believe, but now since the government has put forth all of these, um, you know, the blue project and all these different reports, it seems like mainstream society is accepting it a little bit more now. Absolutely. Well, Which gonna, is kind of exciting, really. It is. And what I was going to say is people don't realize, but you come from a clinical background. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you come from an absolute clinical background. And I can tell you from experience with my mother, when my mother was starting to see things in my house, you know, because of her dementia and all that. But I remember going to the doctors with her and the doctor saying, well, is she seeing things? You know, she's starting to hallucinate. And I used to, I used to, not want to answer the doctor straight off because I, I at one point I looked at one of the doctors and I said, well, I'm a ghost hunter. So what you mean by hallucinate to me, it's just first seeing the relatives are in the house. Yes, exactly. You know, and it's hard, you know, that's getting back like to like to the psychiatrists that, that, that understand what, you know, what, what you're going through. And that some of these doctors, I think, are more op- are a lot more open to it than they used to be. Because I remember towing the ground and going, well, I don't know if I should tell you this, but, you know, to you, what she's hallucinating, to me, it's something else. Exactly. There's a, you know, and definitely, I'm for Western medicine as well, Eastern medicine. Yeah. Um, and, like, you do such a good job screening your cases your applicants you do a preliminary screening and we are so lucky in our team to have um licensed therapists and cop ex-cops or i think working cops Mm -hmm. law enforcers i'm a nurse um 
a lot of different professions, you know, and so that 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 comes to the benefit of your group when you do a preliminary screening and you take these people, you, they can get a sense or not if, if it might be a real paranormal experience versus a, uh, a clinical manifestation or right. something right. that that needs to be looked at by a, a clinical doctor. Right, right, absolutely. You know, that's why... And, and I know we've had some interesting cases where you um, very uh, gingerly told the prospective client that, I'm so sorry, we can't take your case, but I want to refer you that there might be other people that can help you out here too. And you do it in just a way where you don't, Try to say we think you're crazy, right? But um, no stigma with that. Mm -hmm. I think um, that's the other side of the point too. Is that with uh, with with people with mental disorders, right? Um, I mean, you know, bona fide schizophrenia mm -hmm. or or schizoaffective bipolar, whatever that. There's a lot of stigma attached to that too. Oh, and so it's nice if doctors can remove that stigma and these people can get help. But what we do comes more on a spiritual end. Mm -hmm. um, it's no different than like somebody doing a, a spiritual prayer together, you know, with a and then you have to ask yourself, what's the intent behind what we're doing? The intent mm -hmm. is good. The intent is calling in our angels and God and helping people. Um, then that's great. And it's what I like about it, too, is that it's not all just spiritual, that we have the other scientific component using, you know, trimeters and EMFs and, and, and all that stuff too. Absolutely. So when you look back on the cases that, that we've worked on, you know, I find it, I find it interesting, especially the stuff that, that, that you've worked on with this team, which one sticks out in your mind the most? Oh man. <laughs> There's wow. That's hard to pin it down because I know I haven't really been with the group the last, 10 years as much right. for my help. But before that, we went great guns. I have to say, um, the Opera House, I think. Okay. Now, which, which was it the one where it was the, it was like a hundred degrees, there was no wind, and the heavy door came slamming right after us. Oh, we went through the, Sacramento Theater Company. That's it. That was surreal. That was great. I'll never forget that one. That one. Ever. That one was crazy. And that was in broad. That was in broad daylight when that happened. Oh, I'll never forget it. That was when and there, you and I, oh. you and I, were walking through that dressing that 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 storage area. Remember the boxes up on the wall. Oh, yeah. Because they, they had boxes on shelves that went straight down like about a 20-foot like hallway thing that we were walking through. And as we were walking, the boxes were moving ahead of us. And there was nobody up there with us. No. I mean, it was just us. And the mannequin kind of shifted a little bit. Yeah. That was so eerie. And then I got... Um, we... People in groups, paranormal groups, can get a, they kind of know how to differentiate dust balls from an orb if mm -hmm. you're seasoned and you've been doing it a long time. And we just got a ton of orbs there, too. That was crazy. And and then, oh, and remember, Charlotte, I'll never forget, we went out to the cemetery to kind of teach the newbies, you know, how to respect yeah. And um, pick up on energy. 
and you and I, you were driving across the road, and we, at the same time, oh, yeah. we saw this huge gray figure crossing the road, and yeah. there was no houses nearby. It was just, I couldn't believe it. And I said, oh, my God, did she see what I saw? And then you, you said it. Yeah, we even pulled over to check it out. We saw that that was the biggest shadow person that, well, I know it's the second time I saw a shadow person, but this, you got to figure we're on this, like, back road in the middle of nowhere, going to the cemetery in the middle of nowhere, and my headlights are on high beams, and this thing, when it crossed in front of the car, this being, it blocked out the headlights. It did. Completely blocked the headlights and out. It, we were worried about your mom. Yeah. I remember we yeah. were talking about your mom because she was kind of sick. Yeah. And um, right during that sentence, that's when this big thing came out. Yeah. And yeah. it walked right in front of us. And it, 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 I want to say it looked kind of like the uh, invisible Bigfoot. I don't know if Bigfoot exists, but, you know, they. I don't say no anymore. I mean... Look at the, all the astrophysicists and all the, you know, people who work in NASA and and, and they're finding all these different um, universes, parallel universes and, and planets mm -hmm. that they know are almost like identical to Earth um, or like a meteorite might land on Earth and they within a very short time, they can, you know, look at the rock and find that there's water in it. Right. Which, of course, if there's water, there's a greater chance there's going to be life. Right. Somewhere else. And I just, with all the billions of stars that we have, our, our human minds can't comprehend how big the universe is. How could we be the only ones that are living in the universe i just find that way of thinking really being kind of arrogant right that we would be the only ones here oh absolutely uh, absolutely not right i i, I agree 100 percent. but um i even pulled the car over we got out to to look and the road the way it was is the embankments on the road were really steep on both sides yeah so if this were right. a human about that it, I don't know how the hell they would have got up the embankment so fast. But, I mean, you could not see. It, it was just absolute, like, when you think about black holes in space, that's what it was like when it, when it crossed in front of the car. It was just a black thing. And there was no headlight and space. It was it. clear as a bell that night. Yeah. It, it was, it was um, on the warm side. There was no breeze or thunderstorms. In California, you don't get thunderstorms like you do in the midwest that right. just pop up you right. know yeah i remember that night it was just a clear as bell night so whatever that thing was it definitely wasn't a cloud because it was walking <laughs> no it was walking and it was tall it was good size the other thing yeah. that really irritated me with the whole thing is back then we were shooting uh, our tv show remember and yeah. normally i would have a camera pointed out the front uh, windshield of the car and that night I didn't have one going. So there was no proof of this thing crossing in front of us. And it's just funny that it had that if it had it would happen on a particular night I wasn't filming. Yeah, that was that was incredible. That that was something. And I actually ran into another one. You I don't think you were on the investigation. No, I don't think you were. I ran into another one at the uh, at the Fallon Hotel in Columbia. You did? I did. What, what one how, what was it like? It was a lot like the one we saw, but what it was is that we were in the dark and we were in the parlor and we were doing an EVP session. And um, Rose was there and a whole bunch of people were sitting in the parlor. I mean, it, was, it wasn't just me that saw it. The whole the whole friggin' team, there must have been like eight people in the parlor. That's exciting when and that happens. It was all dark and Rose kept, because I was doing, I was doing a, a dowsing rod session and Rose looked over my shoulder into the darkness and she said, there's somebody back there. And I thought, oh, whatever, we're just getting paranoid because it's dark. Because there was one beautiful door, uh, you know how they, they always had like stained glass doors all those places? They had, this right. one, they had this one stained glass door that like went into the hotel itself. 
So it was a little light coming in from that off the, off the street. And so I just thought, oh, everybody's getting paranoid. They're seeing shadows and all this. So I kept going. And then I looked over to my right, and I saw this man standing there. And, it was, and he must have been a little over six feet tall. And he was just standing there watching us. Probably couldn't have been more than maybe 20 feet from me. Oh, wow. And everybody at that, right at that minute, everybody in the team erupted. It freaked them out because it was dark. You know, it's a shadow man. Yeah. And you hear you hear people start going, in the name of Jesus Christ, get out, get out, get out. You know, so we yeah. actually, we, yeah. actually, we <laughs> actually watched him walk through the door. Oh, my. <laughs> and go outside. So then he goes wow. out. And I thought, okay, he's gone. I'm going to continue with my session. So I started the, I started, you know, I restarted the session up. He came back through the door. That's scary. And that's when it got scary because he came back and then he deliberately stopped to watch us. And at that point, I just went, okay, I think we're done tonight. Let's just, you know, hang it up. We're not going to deal with this guy. That is, and what hotel was this again? The Fallon Hotel in, in um, oh, the Fallon, the oh, Fallon that in place? Columbia. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember when we did the Washu Club? Oh yeah, that was another creepy place. A bit, we, there was a <laughs> lot of us there, and there was there's a bartender that worked on, uh, on the bottom. Yeah. Um, the first level, and he kind of looked like a ghost himself. He was a great guy, though. He worked there like twenty some years. He looked like something out of the Wild West. Right. And um, when we were up there. I guess a lot of people saw shadow figures. I didn't see any shadow figures, but I did feel we were walking adjacent, like we were walking right on top of the bar. Mm-hmm. We were right there. And I remember this like old man jumped onto my body. And he had, I remember he was like wearing a white robe. He was an old curmudgeon type of man. And he was majorly mad that that it was so noisy downstairs all the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I remember how angry he was. He was incensed. Wow. And I tried to tell him, you know, well, this is uh, you know, the 21st century here. Um, but he didn't want to hear it. Right. And uh, eventually... I don't know. I don't think it was a dangerous uh, entity or anything. He was mm-hmm. just a curmudgeon. Uh, we were. We get a lot of those, don't we? Yeah, we <laughs> Hey, remember the room in the back when they took us on the on the walkthrough tour before we did the investigation? There was that room way in the back that that was like built into the hill. And I remember walking in there. I think Jerry was behind me at the time because we all went in in a single line, single file. Uh-huh. And I remember walking in there and I thought, this floor's moving. Oh, yeah. Remember that room? And I looked behind yeah. me. I looked at Jerry because I thought maybe maybe I wasn't feeling good or something because it was a hot day. you know. And I thought, well, maybe I'm having some some weird balance issues. I looked at Jerry and Jerry goes, no. I didn't even have to say anything. And Jerry goes, the floor's moving. Yeah, he knew. And so I think about, I think, five, I think we had like 20 people walk through, five felt the floor moving. In that room, that was a weird room because they, they put the that was didn't they weird. put the bodies in I there or whatever? Because when, when, I, I don't know if the I think they put the bodies in there because when it was too snowy. Mm-hmm. That was a storage place, but it was weird because we all walk in there and we all felt the floor moving underneath our feet. It was just strange, really strange. And then and I remember it had like all different like it was from the 1800s and it had like all bright colors everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a weird room. And then the, it was. And you then felt the, like you were upside down when yes. you were walking that room. Yes, it was like one of those funhouse places when you go to the funhouse. Exactly. I was thinking that. Yeah. And then that uh, ballroom, which was interesting. Oh my gosh, Murphy's Hotel? No, hang on. Oh, are you still at the I'm at the Washoe. I'm at the Washoe. I'm at the Washoe. Oh, the washi. Okay, you're so washi. And so, okay, and so yeah, and then I'm sitting there with, um, who am I sitting there with? Jill. I think Jill's in there with me. Is it Jill? Somebody was sitting in there with me. I can't remember who it was. 
Yeah, I think that's who it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I saw because at that time, and I don't know what it's like now because we haven't been back in, in years, but the stairway going into this place up up in the washroom didn't have any railings or anything. And it was painted black and I it was dark. And I was telling I remember telling the team, if you're gonna go anywhere, stay together, walk together. You know, keep an eye on each other because it's kind of dangerous going up the stairwell. And so everybody decided to take a break. And Jerry came in and he goes, well, I'm going to take a break. Are you guys going to be okay? Yeah, we're going to be fine, dude. Don't worry about it. So we were sitting there and she didn't see this guy. I saw this guy. Okay. I don't know why. I, well, I don't know why I saw him because my abilities, obviously, were in high gear. And I saw what looked like Jerry walking. Is this like five minutes later? Five or six minutes later, and I saw what looked like Jerry come through the door. Uh huh. Only he was more of an orangey color. It was really weird, kind of like when you watch like the Polar Express or any of those three D movies without yeah. the three D on, and they have the kind of like that orange hue. That's what it looked like. And it I came remember in, when you had that experience too. And yeah, and it came oh, in, buddy. walked around the table, got about halfway through the table. And I yelled at Jerry because I thought it was Jerry. And I said, Jerry, what the, that's not the word I use, what the heck. <laughs> you know, what the heck are you doing? You're supposed to have a, be with your buddy, you know, walking around. Yeah. And as soon as I said that, they disappeared. But it walked halfway around the table. It was a, it was a complete apparition. That's crazy. Almost like it, sh it shifted. Yeah. I think that's when we you were in that big room. At the, and it, we, it became like the command center yes. of our investigation. Yeah. And you were there alone, and I was a little worried about you being alone because that room was well, maybe really that's what it was. creepy. That's why, that's why she didn't see it. Maybe, maybe she went down with Jerry or something. Because I know there was someone else in there with me at the time. But um, yeah, and the cameras, that got me. The cameras didn't pick anything up. See, that's something too that's weird with, with what we do. We might see something with our eyes, we might hear something, you know, and then the recorders don't pick anything up. Oh, that's so typical, isn't it? It's frustrating. It is frustrating. <laughs> Gosh, how many times did my camera go out? And then I would go somewhere else and we're perfectly fine. Yeah. And I put in new batteries beforehand. Yeah. Didn't matter. Or like, oh. like that time at Sequoia when we had the newspaper with us. Or was it the Opera House? It was one of those places. The yeah. Opera House. We had, the, we had one of the local newspapers with us. And plug in everything, nothing worked. Nothing would work. Couldn't get yeah. any of the cameras up, nothing. Next night we go over there, no problem. Just being messed with. It's like, you know, we're not scientists. We don't have PhDs. But it's like we know when EMF meters are, are spiking high and and we feel the energy and we can feel the cold spots and our hair sticking on in i mean you just know after a while after doing it for so many years that mm -hmm. there's something the the energy whatever is in the energy it's heavy it's not usual right right so, yeah, I mean, you run into that stuff, you know, all the time. The Murphy's Hotel, I mean, the Murphy's Hotel ah. is probably one of the most productive places that we investigate. I mean, we get the best EVPs. Everything comes out of there. Everything. Always. Always. And I want to get back in there. They, 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 they've remodeled it, Karen. I miss Charlie, Charlotte. Charlie was the guy that we picked up several times on repeated visits. Right. And he was in the ballroom. And then he shape-shifted his voice to sound just like Michael. Do you remember yeah, that? Yeah, I remember that. I remember that. And then there was the we guy, up, the guy we jumped. We went upstairs, all of us gals went upstairs, and we were listening um, to to all the EVPs. And uh, Charlie answered us, yeah. like, in unison. Uh, I mean, exactly when we asked the question, he would answer us in a short sentence. Oh, and right. you said, oh, my God, that sounds like Michael. And it did. It did sound like Michael, yeah. And I had to call home to see if Michael was home. I remember that. I was worried about Michael. Wait, he was sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was really stressed. Oh, don't worry, Michael. Michael. There's just a, 
an uh an old 17 1800 ghost that just you know wanted his voice to sound exactly like yours <laughs> so that's crazy I used, to, well, I used to and and when we would go in the ballroom it usually be like two three o'clock in the morning and uh the the business was closed and um this particular time the janitor said i'm taking off you guys just locked it behind me it was only us girls there were no men and these walls are like barracks i mean they they're thick walls made that you know and in the 1800s thick brick walls so you're not gonna and, and there was nobody out at that time you know you didn't hear any cars so how did we pick up a male in the ballroom when there was about five girls sitting around the table and it nobody was talking oh i know that's for that place is incredible absolutely incredible you know and then, oh, then jose having his experience in there you know with with uh with having a you know, uh, being j- jump into his body right right on camera. I mean, the place never disappoints. And I'm hope I'm hoping to get us back there soon to do an investigation and film some That'll stuff. That'll be there. fun. It's a beautiful hotel. Oh, it's gorgeous. A lot yeah. of history. Oh, it's Mark absolutely Twain gorgeous. And a lot of a lot of um, I don't know. Did Abraham Lincoln stay there? No, just uh, uh, Ulysses S. Grant. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So there've been a lot. Of, in fact, a lot of the people that were <laughs> on the Titanic stayed there. And you know what's so fascinating? Okay, I think this might have something to do with the residual hauntings. But a lot of these old hotels, they have like um, uh, narrow uh, tunnels that would connect one street to the other, mm-hmm. and this is where they would. Um, push ladies in the evening to go yes. through the tunnels. Yes. The prostitutes or even just dance girls, you know? Right. Um, you know, when the gentlemen came out to have their brandies and smoke their cigars and have, you know. Absolutely. Nothing, nothing's changed. That much, Charlotte. <laughs> no, nothing's changed that much at all. It's just a different style way of doing things. But it, I thought that was fascinating. It was fascinating. Anyway, you know, it's always fun to have you on. And this hour blew by. Are you kidding me? Yep. Wow. And I really appreciate you coming on again. Oh, thank you for having me. I love it. I just, it's so much fun to reminisce and, you know, talk about it. It's just so, so fun. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. All right. Well, you have a good rest of the day, okay? You too. All right. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay. It's always an adventure talking with Karen because we never know which way the direction, (laughs) the conversation is going to go. So it's lively. Got to stay on your toes. But I want to thank everybody for coming tonight uh, to listen to the show. I really appreciate it. And uh, I intend to be live tomorrow. But uh, it was great, and I will see you tomorrow. Oh, uh, yeah, you know what? I didn't do my stuff, did I? Starting to get senile in my old age. So if you like the show, share it with five people. If you hated the show, share it with five of your enemies. We're equal opportunity here at California Haunts Radio. Also, uh, you see that uh, thing pumping down across the bottom of the screen? Well, that's because California Haunts doesn't take any money to do any investigations. We do it all for free. Uh, We're off to help people, uh, but we do take donations, and what they do is they help with equipment costs and other things plus this radio show because of course i have internet costs and and other bills that you know to, to maintain the show and if you could help me out a little bit that would be great paypal.me at california haunts or if you're uncomfortable with paypal venmo and then just type in california haunts once again i will see you tomorrow have a good evening bye <laughs>